Welcome to the Consecrating Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Elena Aborto. Today, my guest is Sharon Saunders. She is in my parents' ward, and everyone in the ward loves her. She's just so entertaining and so fun to talk to. Today, we talk about several slices of her life because she has lived and is living a wonderful long life of peace and joy and so many varied experiences. Hi, Elena. It's good to be with you today. Yeah, thank you. You're like, you're one of the coolest people I know. Wow, that's so kind of you. Thank you. My name is Sharon Saunders, and the most unique thing to start with is S-H-A-A-R-O-N. My mother put two A's in there, so a lot of times people will think I don't know how to spell my own name. So they'll take an A out, and I'll go, hey, bring that A back. My mother gave me two of them. So she, I said, why did you do that? And she said, because... Uh, well, it was in the South, and so she said it's supposed to be a long A. Uh-huh. And then she said, it's like Aaron, the priesthood. I'm like, oh, Mom, please. <laughs> no one ever <laughs> called me Sharon, except my Aunt Ruby. She's the only one, and whatever. But it has. I've only found one person that had a double A mm-hmm. uh, in, in my life. And also, it's been fun because it's an icebreaker with people. Mm-hmm. I could always something to talk to people about because they don't believe me that I like I said that I know how to spell my name (laughs) anyway so I was born in Portsmouth Virginia and my uh, birth father was a Navy military in the Mm -hmm. military uh, base there and so my mother married three times but all of them were military so we moved as far as where I lived I really moved constantly so Mm -hmm. I was um, one thing that's interesting uh, from a gospel standpoint Mm -hmm. Uh, I know that so many people sing about the mountains on Pioneer Day and blah, blah, yada, yada. And I love pioneers, too. But I'm a different kind of a pioneer because I'm a sixth-generation Latter-day Saint from the East, which mm-hmm. is very unique. Because oh. in our family, the missionaries came what they called without purser script to uh, Georgia, South Carolina. My family uh, were poor peanut farmers. Mm-hmm. And the missionaries came out to talk to them, and they listened. And they believed, and they stayed in the East to build up the church in the East. Mm -hmm. And one of my very favorite legacy stories is my grandpa. They called him Shorty uh, because he was short. But he had this Model T Ford in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And the church met over the Wycovia Bank down in Winston-Salem because everything was impoverished and the church was just building up at the time. And he's about the only one in the branch that had wheels. Mm -hmm. So he would go start early in the morning, start taking carloads over to, over town is what he called it, and dropped him off for church, go get another carload. And his neighbor once said, Shorty, why do you go clear across town? You drive right past other churches why do you go clear across town? Mm-hmm. And he said, my testimony carries me across town. Uh-huh. And I've always thought that was just a wonderful legacy. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. My mom mentioned that you are an expert at organization. Like, right. is that what you did for work mm-hmm. or something? Mm-hmm. Like, right. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. Uh, well, we lived in Fairbanks, Alaska before it was a state. So mm-hmm. that gives you an idea. How long ago? We, my um, stepfather was Catholic, nothing to do with the church. We came back through um, Seattle, and my mom had friends that had lived in Fairbanks, Alaska with us, and we were active together in the ward. And so she made appointment for us, my brother Bob, who's two years older than I, to have a patriarchal blessing from the 
old brother Horn there in Seattle. Never saw him before, never saw him afterwards. But he's an old gentleman. He gave me this blessing. And so, like, he didn't know me, like I said, from beans. But he said it in the interim. Actually, he said what the Lord told him to say, which was, <laughs> you shall have skill in your homemaking and others shall pattern their home life after you. And I thought, eh, I'm 14. What does that mean? So then as I, I was a weirdo, my friends all kind of mocked me, which was, once again, I don't, I don't mind kids, people making fun of me because I, like I said, I, I totally love myself. So just rock it. I don't care. <laughs> so anyway, I would, Saturdays, I would hand do my floors, my bedroom and do everything, all the, just polish my room. Oh, I just loved it to be lovely and all. And even if the rest of the house was pathetic, my room, you could go in. It was kind of a sanctuary. But uh, then as I evolved and got married when I was 18, and we, we were very social. My husband and I had company dinner guests constantly. We just, we had a swimming pools in several homes. We just, we were the party people. <laughs> and so afterwards, people would see me in the kitchen doing the final touches for the meal. I would pull a drawer open or grab a dish towel or whatever. I'd have them put their coat in this closet when they came in. Whatever little things that I just came in, the, it was seamless. It was just folded in the day. But they would call me later, time after time, and say, I came home and did a, a organize a drawer. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what? And then they'd say, I put a picture up when I got home. Or I organized my entry hall closet. And I'm like, Oh, finally it all gelled and solidified that, oh, this is my blessing coming to the uh, creation that uh, people are pattering their home life after me. And I thought, I'm so happy if I can be useful. That was mm -hmm. just so wonderful. So when my husband died, I was married when I was 18. And I was, had my roomie, roommate, my housing is coming to BYU. And he came home from his mission. And his parents had moved into the ward while he was on his mission. And so he was just not going to settle till I said yes. He asked me a hundred times to marry him. But I thought, no, I'm a baby. Leave me alone. <laughs> so anyway, we married. And so I'm glad. Now that he died early-ish, 57, uh -huh. then we had a lot of years together, like mm -hmm. 37 years together. And so, um, oh, the um, blessing. Uh, I, I went, became an organizer because that was my, what I was, had developed. That was a God-given gift. And that's what I did. And I don't deny it. Like, I know some people have beautiful singing voices. And you'll tell them. And some will say, oh, thank you. And I'll just, oh, no, no, I'm not. Oh, I'm like, why would you decline and deny what the Lord gave you as your gift? Mm -hmm. We all have gifts, and we need to use them. It's not like it's something to be like a tail feathers and prune and be puffed up and prideful about. It is actually a responsibility. Mm -hmm. Just come on, share them. Give, if it gives me my livelihood, it was just a, been a wonderful way to and go in and make something really lovely out of chaos mm -hmm. i love doing that yes i love that you were willing to share your gifts for sure so how long have you been a widow then my husband died in 1998 oh, so wow. i'm 20 almost 20 years i'm not mm -hmm. i lost track <laughs> a long lonely road <laughs> yeah how has that been like without him then lonely yeah. but it works i've I've learned to acclimate. I remember there was a girl, woman in this ward. Her name was Marty Condi, Condi, and she just was just uh, all the Tessens live in her home now. Mm -hmm. But she was just uh, such an important part of our life. She moved in because uh, she told us her husband had, I think it was the MS. They moved from Washington or somewhere, and her kids wanted them to move closer to them. Mm -hmm. And so she said, 
a couple times from her testimony from the pulpit that uh, they moved to our ward because this is where the Lord brought them. They, they asked to come to a place that would help her with her husband. Mm-hmm. And he died, but we held all of our empty nesters at their home and all. But she said to me after he died, she sat by me in sacrament one time, and she said, Dear, how long will it be before it's easier to you know be a widow? And mm-hmm. I said, Oh, gosh, give it at least five years. And she looked at me like, You've got to be kidding. <laughs> and then later I saw her. She moved and went on a mission moved to a different location but she came back to visit and she said oh dear you're right it is longer than five years it's, it's a hole in your heart that you, you never fill up but mm-hmm. you learn how to fill up you have a different place in your heart that you put other things to make your life full mm-hmm. i've never been one of those whiners that oh cried a lot i cried you know but i also knew that uh this life was important and i didn't want to waste it so mm-hmm. how are you so positive all the time then I just came this way. Uh, my son brought this movie guy uh, a couple weeks ago. He m- wins all these awards at Sundance with his, they're called short, shorts. And he, the last one was Catwoman. They're all obscure, the kind of things I would never know about or anything. So he brought him here. They drove up from Vegas. And he, from the front door to where I, the chair I'm sitting in, he came and sat down. And I said, hey, nice to get to know you. How's the trip and blah, blah, blah. And he said to me, like, we, we know each other like five minutes. We're not BFFs, for sure. <laughs> and he said to me, oh, you seem like a very positive person. You haven't had any pain in your life. And I'm like, dude, you are just so wrong about that. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. I said, I have had plenty of pain with constantly different school practically every year, my different fathers. My birth father wasn't in my life, so I never had a father association. That mm-hmm. uh, That's why my relationship with my Heavenly Father is so vital mm-hmm. because I – cleave unto him because I, I would have still but not I would have had an earthly father too to help me along with that so he's been extra important but um, I told this guy Mr. I call him movie man I said uh, you just don't even have a clue the pain that I've gone through I said but the difference is you are right I am a positive person because I know that God said that man is that he might have joy and I'm going to go find it mm-hmm. I said there's a book way back I didn't even know if he ever heard of it you maybe you maybe haven't either called where's waldo yes okay so i feel like like the waldo the people looking for waldo i am looking for the joy like that Mm -hmm. and no matter what it's a a rusty can behind trash out pops the big beam of joy wherever i go there i find the joy always no Mm -hmm. matter what and it's just a wonderful journey to look for joy it's just like a treasure hunt Mm -hmm. so i'm just always uh, I know my kids kind of almost mock me about it, but it's a good mocking. If I have to be berated about something, it's a good thing to be berated about because, like I said, I'm not going to waste my life just being pitiful. Well, I admire your positivity. So we're in watermelon world right now, a.k.a. your home. You've just collected so many watermelon things over the years and have decorated your home with that. So how did you decide to start this collection Oh, I, just because I love red is uh-huh. the real reason that this the genesis of my collection of watermelon world. And we we lived in Cleveland, Ohio, in the Kirtland, Ohio stake. And my daughter and her uh, husband they uh, it were in Lansing, Michigan. I think it was about four hours between us. And so we made a pinky promise when they came out from BYU for him to get his PhD. Mm-hmm. He teaches accounting at BYU, Monty Swain. For all of you who know him and love him, because <laughs> he's Oh, he'd be very beloved a professor. But anyway, he said, or we said, let's make a 
we did a pinky promise. Let's get together at least once every six weeks, the four years that you're doing your degree. So we have a, a, a pile of good, cool memories. And so one time I went up and her friend gave me, they'd made these baskets like here in front of the uh, armoire. And everyone in Relief Society made them. And she gave it to me, this mm -hmm. red watermelon crate. And I'd had a few strawberry items and um, apple things in my kitchen because they're red. And so that kind of, it just evolved. I love that watermelon. I'm mm -hmm. surprised how many ways it is interpreted. And so that's been uh, a fun collective journey. Sometimes the buttons, uh, the seeds are nails. Sometimes they're buttons. Sometimes they're, it's just fascinating to mm -hmm. me. Yeah, they, that's They fun. never stop. Like this piece over here has the, looks very authentic the seeds i said to my son how did you he made it for me i said how did you do this seeds so authentic he said i took actual watermelon seeds and took a hammer and banged them into the wood <laughs> so i mean just that and just it just has been and this guy said to me do your friends think you're uh he, i think he said weird because of all your collection i said well if so they are responsible they're enablers because they gave me half the stuff Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So people give me things. I'm called the watermelon. I named myself the watermelon rescuer uh -huh. because I come to my front door often and there'll be something sitting there. A little bowl right there was there a couple of weeks ago sitting uh -huh. on the uh, little bench out front without any type, type of acknowledgement who gave it. But people know that I'll give it a good home. Mm -hmm. Oh, wonderful. For my listeners, I'm going to post pictures of Sister Saunders' home on Instagram at ConsecratingPod so you can see her watermelon world. And you also have showed me that you have like a million journals that you filled out. Yeah. Like, what are they filled with? Oh, well, actually, one time I was at a some kind of a deal and some lady was the speaker and I was chatting with her and I... She asked me about myself. I said, I don't really have a world, a, a life. My husband just died, and I'm still numb from everything. Mm -hmm. And she just teasingly said, well, it's time you get one. And I thought, you're right. I am going to get one. So I've never said that ever since. I didn't like that. I'm not one that like ever berates myself because I pretty much worship myself. It's kind of sad. <laughs> I just really do. Uh -huh. I wouldn't want to be anyone else because I'm the only person I know how to be. And I just am so happy. I, people said with the pandemic, oh, you're such a people person. This is, must have been really difficult for you to be so alone. I'm like, no, I love people, but I also am very adaptable. Mm -hmm. I do what you need to do. And I said, and I love my own company. I really do. And I uh, love being with people and go. And So anyway, I, I had journaled a little bit as a oh, Latter-day Saint young women. We always had our treasures of truth, they called it over the years. A little dabbling here, but I never stayed with it. So then I got really serious, I thought. And so I did, uh, my daughter the other day, Mother's Day, the kids all did a Zoom call at five children. And uh, my daughter said, you know, when Mother was, we saw her uh, collection of journals, mm -hmm. she said it just took me by surprise because we are so blessed because not only has she lived this wonderful life, she has documented it for all of us. So I can't wait to read it. I said, well, you can't wait for me to die so you can read it. <laughs> <laughs> it's easier. I said, Cecily, do you remember one time I was laying down the tracks one evening for my journal and you said, what? Because I, I was laying down like Maggleby's or Neaters or little clip art that I put down to, as a reminder of what the day had held. And uh, she said, what are you going to do when we die? Or what are we going to do when you die? Read where you ate? <laughs> And I said, yeah, 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 you'll read where I ate, but if you keep reading, you'll find out how much I love you. Mm -hmm. And so that's, it's just filled with my joy and people that um, 
touch my life in any way. You'll be in my journal tonight, Elena. Oh, thank for you. Sure. <laughs> That's awesome. So I just I would just want to say I love the fact that you call everyone on their birthday in the ward like that's just so sweet of you to do like you Thank just you. I feel like you understand that ministering is a lifestyle and it's not just like you know an assignment mm-hmm. so yeah I lift love that one another's you. lives mm-hmm. the arms that hang all that I take it very seriously because I have been so blessed by God's children mm-hmm. and so it's just my responsibility and there's just no other joyful way that I mean, yes, I have things, but they're just things. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to pit and go to the jump and all that and rust. But the things that are meaningful are those interactions that s- service. I got a letter from Angela Bates uh, this month when I called her for her birthday. Mm-hmm. She sent me a, a follow-up letter, and it was just so meaningful. Of course, it got into my journal immediately. But she said, uh, thank you so much for the birthday call because I left her. It was a voicemail you know, or a message because she was, didn't answer it directly. And she said, uh, it was the highlight of my birthday. She said, I think that the president of the United States should have you call every person in the United <laughs> States on their birthday. That country would be lifted and we'd all be better and happier. <laughs> I thought, well, what a lovely tribute. Yes, that's awesome. Is there any advice that you would give your younger self or somebody li- young like me? Any advice at all? Just... um that's one thing that um, when I got married, I remember the bishop's wife at my sh- bridal shower said, the only advice I would give to you is don't listen to any advice. And I'm pretty <laughs> good at that because once again, because of my self-esteem is pretty much intact, I really don't really care what people give say. Mm-hmm. I just really am, just pull off what I feel my guy, North Star and draw to towards the light. And so I never really... I don't really like panel discussions much. I don't really care about other people's opinion. It just uh-huh. to me, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. You believe that? I believe this. Let's all get together and let's go forward. So I uh, really and truly, my um, only advice is just follow your own, fi- develop your relationship with your heavenly Father, and just go for it. And just the joy that you'll find, and don't second guess it. I don't have regrets. I don't sit around. In fact, my son Sean says I don't know one happy person. And I said to him, why don't you believe me when I tell you that I'm happy? I said, I, all the self-talk in my head is all positive. It's like peaceful, joyful, comforting, and it's not, I don't beat myself up. I don't say, oh, I wish I'd have said that. Oh, I wish I'd have done that. I don't second guess my life. It's, life is too short. And it's just, to me, it's been, it is a wonderful gift that I don't have to, you know, I'm pretty perfect. No, <laughs> I. Re- it's not that at all, except that I, d- I trust myself. Uh-huh. That's all. That's awesome. Yes. I, I like to ask all my guests this question, which is, what does it mean to you to consecrate your life to Jesus Christ? Oh, gosh. I know that in my life, in my world, there's so many, including very close people, who have what I call term, let go of the iron rod. Mm-hmm. And other people call it a faith crisis whatever you want to term it, it's heartbreaking to me, and it just seems like an epic proportions in my world. And yet I hear that the young adult wards, uh, and you're that age and stage, you probably see that the parking lots are full, and I'm glad to hear that, because I'm thinking, really? Because all the people I know don't go to church anymore. (laughs) But anyway, I really think that uh, when I think of what Christ has done for me, it just breaks my heart to think that I would hurt him in any way because I am so indebted and so grateful, full of gratitude to him for all that he's done for me. And so I want to make his, If the, I know this is so pitiful, 
because he doesn't need me to do this, but make his life easier. I don't want to bring any more stress or pain to him. He's already done it. Mm -hmm. And so I know he doesn't, like I said, doesn't need all that, but that's a concept that I feel Mm -hmm. that I want to, like I'm one more kid that he can tuck in at night and say, oh, she's okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about that one. Mm -hmm. Because like babies who are crying in the middle of the night and mothers and dads who are uh, one of the speaking of that, uh, the scriptures are so important. All the prophets and all the things that we have as guideposts and um, things that we can lean on because we're, we need each other so desperately. But I there's an old Jewish, um, oh, what do you call it? I don't know. He's a humorist, Sam Levinson, mm-hmm. and he told the story that they they're only they only had like two kids and. He was a rabbi, and his wife went. They had this. Mar- he was married. That cult that your group that you could marry. Anyways, uh, he went to the wife went to the house to see the new first grandbaby, and they were so excited. In the middle of the night, the baby's just ah, red face, just screaming her lungs out, and the parents are standing there going through the book, just page after page. What do we do now? Mm-hmm. And the, her his wife said, "Put down the book and pick up the baby." And I've always thought, like, after I read the scriptures, then get out, up, and off your knees and go live it now. Mm -hmm. And let it be a very integral part, a very active part of your life. And so it's all like a, kind of like a necklace that all feeds together and makes one beautiful piece of jewelry. So. Mm That's wonderful. Yeah, thank you. I I just love you. You have always made me feel like I'm seen. um, And I just, yeah, I don't know. I hope to be as cool as you someday. (laughs) You are. You're on your own road. (laughs) I'm so admiring of you. Uh Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, you're so welcome. It was fun to be with you, Elena. Love you. Yes, love you. I could just listen to her talk all day. My thanks to Sister Saunders, and thank you for listening. If you can, please leave a rating or comment or subscribe. It really helps the podcast to grow. And follow the podcast on social media at Consecrating Pod on Instagram and Facebook. And we'll see you next time.